1: Did not Burton write much about black mud in Uzaramo? Well, a country whose surface soil is called black mud in fine weather, what can it be called when forty days rain beat on it, and feet of pagazis and donkeys made paste of it? These were natural reflections induced by the circumstances of the hour, and I found myself much exercised in mind in consequence. Ali bin Salim true to his promise, visited my camp on the morrow with a very important air, and after looking at the pile of cloth bales, informed me that I must have them covered with mat-bags. He said he would send a man to have them measured, but he enjoined me not to make any bargain for the bags, as he would make it all right. While awaiting with commendable patience the hundred and forty pagadzi's promised by Ali bin Salim, we were all employed upon everything that thought could suggest needful for crossing the sickly maritime region, so that we might make the transit before the terrible fever could unnerve us and make us joyless. A short experience at Bagamoya showed us what we lacked, what was superfluous and what was necessary. We were visited one night by a squall, accompanied by furious rain. I had $1,500 worth of Pagazi cloth in my tent. In the morning I looked, and lo, the drilling had let in rain like a sieve, and every yard of cloth was wet. It occupied two days afterwards to dry the cloths and fold them again. The drill tent was condemned, and a number no. 5 hemp canvas tent at Ontu prepared, after which I felt convinced that my cloth bales and one year's ammunition were safe and that I could defy the Masika. In the hurry of departure from Zanzibar, and in my ignorance of how bales should be made, I had submitted to the better judgment and ripe experience of one Jetta, a commission merchant, to prepare my bales for carriage. Jetta did not weigh the bales as he made them up, but piled the Merikani, Kaniki, Barsati, Jamdani, Joho, Ismahili, In alternate layers, and roped the same into bales. One or two Pagazis came to my camp and began to chaffer. They wished to see the bales first, before they would make a final bargain. They tried to raise them up, ugh, ugh, it was of no use, and withdrew. A fine salter's spring balance was hung up, and a bale suspended to the hook. The finger indicated a hundred and five pounds, or three frasila, which was just thirty-five pounds, or one frasila overweight. Upon putting all the bales to this test, I perceived that Jetta's guesswork, with all his experience, had caused considerable trouble to me. The soldiers were set to work to reopen and repack, which latter task is performed in the following manner. We cut a doughty, or four yards of mericani ordinarily sold at Zanzibar for $2.75, the piece of 30 yards, and spread out. We take a piece or bolt of good merikani, and instead of the double fold given it by the Nashua and Salim mills, we fold it into three parts, by which the folds have a breadth of a foot. This piece forms the first layer, and will weigh nine pounds. The second layer consists of six pieces of kaniki a blue stuff similar to the blouse stuff of France, and the blue jeans of America, though much lighter. The third layer is formed of the second piece of Merikani, the fourth of six more pieces of kaniki, the fifth of Merikani, the sixth of kaniki as before, and the seventh and last of Merikani. We have thus four pieces of Merikani, which weigh thirty-six pounds, and eighteen pieces of kaniki, weighing also thirty-six pounds, making a total of seventy-two pounds, or a little more than two frasilas. The cloth is then folded singly over these layers, each corner tied to another. A bundle of coir rope is then brought, and two men, provided with a wooden mallet for beating and pressing the bale, proceed to tie it up with as much nicety as sailors serve down rigging. When complete, a bale is a solid mass three feet and a half long, a foot deep and a foot wide. Of these bales, I had to convey eighty-two to Nyayembe, forty of which consisted solely of the Merikani and Kaniki. The other forty-two contained the Merikani and coloured cloths, which latter were to serve as Honga or tribute cloths, and to engage another set of pagazis from Unyayembe to Ujiji and from Ujiji to the regions beyond. The fifteenth day asked of me by Ali bin Salim for the procuring of the pagazis passed by, and there was not the ghost of a pagazi in my camp. I sent Mabruki the bullhead to Ali bin Salim to convey my salaams and express a hope that he had kept his word. In half an hour's time, Mabruki returned with the reply of the Arab, that in a few days he would be able to collect them all. But, added Mabruki slyly, Bana, I don't believe him. He said aloud to himself in my hearing, Why should I get the Musungu Pagazis? Said Burgash did not send a letter to me, but to the Jemadar. Why should I trouble myself about him? Let's say Burkash write me a letter to that purpose, and I will procure them within two days. To my mind, this was a time for action. Ali bin Salim should see that it was ill trifling with a white man in earnest to start. I rode down to his house to ask him what he meant. His reply was, Mabruki had told a lie as black as his face. He had never said anything approaching to such a thing. He was willing to become my slave, to become a Pagazi himself. But here I stopped the voluble Ali, and informed him that I could not think of employing him in the capacity of a Pagazi, neither could I find it in my heart to trouble Said Burqash to write a direct letter to him, or to require of a man who had deceived me once, as Ali bin Salim had, any service of any nature whatsoever. It would be better, therefore, if Ali bin Salim would stay away from my camp and not enter it either in person or by proxy. I had lost fifteen days for Jemadar Sadur at Kaole and had never stirred from his fortified house in that village in my service, save to pay a visit after the receipt of the Sultan's letter. Naranji, custom house agent at Kaoya, Solely under the thumb of the great Luda Damji, had not responded to Ludha's worded request that he would procure Pagazis, except with winks, nods, and promises, and it is but just stated how I fared at the hands of Ali bin Salim. In this extremity I remembered the promise made to me by the great merchant of Zanzibar, Tarya Topan, a Mohammedan Hindi, that he would furnish me with a letter to a young man named Sur palu who was said to be the best man in Bagamoyo to procure a supply of pagazis. I dispatched my Arab interpreter by a dhow to Zanzibar with a very earnest request to Captain Webb that he would procure from Taria Topan the introductory letter so long delayed. It was the last card in my hand. On the third day the Arab returned, bringing with him not only the letter to Sur Haji Palu, but an abundance of good things from the ever-hospitable house of Mr. Webb. In a very short time after the receipt of his letter, the eminent young man Sur Haji Palu came to visit me, and informed me that he had been requested by Taria Topan to hire for me 140 pagazis to Unyayembe in the shortest time possible. This, he said, would be very expensive, for there were scores of Arabs and Wasawabili merchants on the lookout for every caravan that came in from the interior, and they paid twenty doti, or eighty yards of cloth, to each pagazi. Not willing or able to pay more, many of these merchants had been waiting as long as six months before they could get their quota. If you, continued he, desire to depart quickly, You must pay from twenty-five to forty doti, and I can send you off before one month has ended. In reply, I said, Here are my cloths for pagazis to the amount of one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars, or three thousand five hundred doti, sufficient to give one hundred and forty men twenty-five doti each. The most I am willing to pay is twenty-five doti. "'Send 140 Pagazis to Unyayembe with my cloth and wire, "'and I will make your heart glad with the richest present you have ever received. "'With a refreshing naivete, the young man said he did not want any present, "'but he would get me in my quota of Pagazis, "'and then I could tell the Wasungu what a good young man he was, "'and consequently the benefit he would receive would be an increase of business.' He closed his reply with the astounding remark that he had ten pagazis at his house already, and if I would be good enough to have four bales of cloth, two bags of beads, and twenty coils of wire carried to his house, the pagazis could leave Bagamoyo the next day, under charge of three soldiers. For, he remarked, it is much better and cheaper to send many small caravans than one large one, Large caravans invite attack or are delayed by avaricious chiefs upon the most trivial pretexts, while small ones pass by without notice. The bales and the beads were duly carried to Sur Haji Palu's house, and the day passed with me in mentally congratulating myself upon my good fortune, in complimenting the young Hindi's talents for business, the greatness and influence of Taria Topan, and the goodness of Mr. Webb in thus hastening my departure from Bagamoyo. I mentally vowed a handsome present, and a great puff in my book to Sur Haji Palu, and it was with a glad heart that I prepared these soldiers for their march to Unyayembe. The task of preparing the first caravan for the Unyayembe road informed me upon several things that have escaped the notice of my predecessors in East Africa, a timely knowledge of which would have been of infinite service to me at Zanzibar, in the purchase and selection of sufficient and proper cloth. End of chapter Four. Part one.